Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper podcast. I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm Grace Atwood. And we're here to talk to you about difficult situations. Yes. So we put the call out and we ended up just picking two because they're very long, kind of complex situations. They're kind of juicy. They're a little juicy. Yeah. So I'm excited about this. I think we should maybe do this every couple of months, like really like intensive kind of difficult situations that need a lot of attention. Yeah. Yeah. But let's talk about our highs. Becca, what was the best part of your week? Best part of my week is that work is coming together and I have a full plate of clients right now. I'm so, so happy for you. I'm excited. I knew you'd kill it. Like you were all stressed and nope. Well, I don't like things being out of my control. So now I have a Welcome to the world of freelancing. (laughs) Maybe this isn't going to work so well. This is going to be interesting. So I have a full plate and I'm switching from biz dev mode into work mode and I'm just really excited it like it feels like I can finally breathe that's amazing I'm so happy for you so that's my high what's your high mine is um introvert time it was so necessary between like all the trips and then having my mom stay and my friend was staying with me and then my birthday and then going out to the Hamptons that night I was very grouchy and just needed like some hardcore me time. So I had a really busy week of events. And then on Friday night, I had like gravity blanket time. I started that new Netflix show Maniac with Emma Stone and um, Jonah Hill. Oh. Um, it's weird, but it's good. Okay. And then I um, did some reading, had some Tyrion time. I feel like Tyrion's feeling very like secure and loved because I've been around a lot. And we're really bonding, and like it's really nice. It's cuffing season, and it's you're cuffing you're season. cuffing Tyrion. I'm cuffing my cat. Yeah. Now I'm gonna work on dating. We're we're gonna we're working on that. We're making it a priority for Q3. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Q4 now. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Q4 is no October, November, December. So yeah. it's Q4 top priority. Go on dates. Business official. Yes. By putting business jargon in it, you yeah. know that it's serious. Yes, exactly. Maybe we'll send out a dating memorandum, mm-hmm. make it really official mm-hmm. business lady. Have a lot of meetings about it. Yeah. I think, you know, my other high, I think, was just taking headshot photos with you. That was probably the most awkward thing I've ever done. It was so awkward. It really felt like we were at an engagement It was shoot. like we were, like, staring into each other's eyes while holding books. It was yeah. weird. But Carter knows what she's doing, and I think that the photos will be great. I would put that as a medium thing, not a high or a low for me. Yeah, it's neutral. It's it's a little weird. What is your low? So my low is um, just it's a continuation from last week. It's just work overload. I might have overcommitted myself to sponsored content and different projects this month, which, like, was necessary after a slower summer, but I'm a little overwhelmed just getting, like, just all the prep work that goes into a sponsored post, like, all of the contract signing and Mm -hmm. negotiations and then back and forth with drafts and, like, if one brand is late on approval, it throws my whole week into a tailspin because I don't like sponsored content to touch. So it's, um, it's a little intense, but it's good. Is there an end in sight? Um, no, because we're ramping up. January, October, November, December are like the busiest months for the blog. And then I think in January it'll calm down. Well, but I'm psyched. Like, I feel really lucky to get to do what I do. And I also am grateful for all the work. And at least you don't have any upcoming travel plans. So you won't have to balance the two. Exactly. What about you? My low is that I haven't been sleeping very well. 
And Do you want some Ambien? It's great. Maybe. <laughs> I think this is a direct reaction to when I said on the podcast either last week or two weeks ago that I don't have problems sleeping. Oh, and literally. So you're turning into me. I don't know. Like, I feel like I, I like put it out there in the universe and the universe was like, ha, huh, watch this. Oh, no. But I just have not been sleeping well the past probably like week or 10 days. Oh, no. And what it is is that I, I usually go to bed between 11 and 12. Yeah. But the problem is that I have been waking up at four or five in the morning and I can't fall back to sleep. I've been doing that a lot too. And so I'm kind of torn between just tossing and turning or on Friday, I just got up at 4.30 and I had a really productive morning and got like so much work done before my workout class. So, I mean, I guess that's a plus side to it, but yeah, I just have not been sleeping well, which Aww. is a bummer because I am such a sleep-oriented person. Yeah, same. That if I don't get my yeah. sleep, I turn, I'm a nightmare. Well, you know, like you saw me jet-lagged in Morocco. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not a nightmare, but I just like, I feel fuzzy and I feel less productive when I don't sleep well. Yeah, that too. So I think I want to be a little bit better about trying to go to bed a little earlier so that at least if I keep waking up at four or five, if I've gone to bed at 10 yeah that's not as awful as if I went to bed at midnight yeah yeah but yeah not awesome are you drinking because sometimes drink alcohol will make me wake up um I mean yes but not that it should be happening for like 10 days yeah yeah I don't know I don't know (laughs) and it's and I feel like I've been better at not having coffee in the afternoon lately yeah said as I have coffee at 4:45 right now. Uh oh, it's fine. I'm having some some bad sleep. What about like a nice like lavender pillow mist to like lure you to sleep? That sounds great. Yeah, this it's works not, has a good one that I love. It's not falling asleep. It's staying it's asleep. Waking up at specifically four or five in the yeah. morning and then not being able to fall back to sleep. See, I'm used to that because I have a cat who like that's his witching hour, and suddenly mm. I'll just wake up to like howling or like. Last night, he jumped on my face. Like, thank you. Thank you so much for that. And then can you fall back to sleep? No. Well, yeah, yeah. Generally, I do. Yeah. Yeah. I've been using um, a meditation app called Breathe. And sometimes if I do that, I can fall back to sleep. Yeah. They have, like, a specific sleep meditation. But Headspace has one for when you need to fall back asleep. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. Yeah, and send us your best falling asleep and staying asleep tips yes maybe we can put it to the facebook group so before we get to these juicy questions i want to take a minute to talk about today's sponsor who's mod cloth we love mod cloth yes so mod cloth if you don't know is an online fashion retailer they also have highlighters they do Their clothing is crafted by a team of in-house designers. Their signature styles have really fun prints, great silhouettes, and they have an inclusive size range that celebrates all women. Yes. So the new fall line is here, and there's so many amazing knits. So we're both really excited to pick up just some cozy pieces to stay nice and warm as the weather cools off. Yeah, some big sweaters. Yes, big sweaters all the way. 
And as we know from the last time we talked about Mod Cloth, it's a great place to get gifts. The and gifts are the best. They have a cat lady section. Yeah, they have. And they have dinosaur highlighters, which my dinosaur highlighter is still my favorite thing. They have really fun, unique gifts. Yeah. So they uh, have some holiday gift guides. So this is definitely some place that I'm going to be shopping for you. Look out for yes. some weird cat lady Christmas presents. I love a weird cat lady anything. And one of my favorite things about Mod Cloth is that they believe fashion should celebrate all women, so they offer a full range of sizes from extra, extra small to 4X, which I think is awesome. I think that's amazing. So everyone can shop because that's how it should be. Yes. Um, I picked up some great dresses from Mod Cloth over the summer that I was just living in. Really, really like they, their fun printed dresses for vacation. I love that. I loved your blue one. Ugh. I loved my kimono that I, I got. I loved your kimono. Yeah. But I'm really excited to check out what they have going for fall. And Me too. It's not quite fall weather in New York, but I'm ready to be cozy. I'm ready for sweaters and coats. Me too. Yeah. So if you also want to try Mod Cloth, you can get 15% off your purchase of $100 or more. Go to modcloth.com, that's M-O-D-C-L-O-T-H.com, and enter code B-O-P at checkout. This offer is valid for one-time use only and expires on January 5th, 2019. So again, to get 15% off your purchase of $100 or more, go to modcloth.com and use the code B-O-P at checkout. The code expires on January 5th, 2019. Yes. Go shop. And show us what you bought. Yes, if you if you buy something, send us a DM and show us because we're nosy. Let's be cozy this fall. And nosy. Cozy and nosy. <laughs> All right. So let's get into our questions. Um, like we said earlier, today we're talking about difficult situations. So I get a lot of really long advice questions. I honestly, like I'm like old and like bad at DMs and I don't know how you guys type so much sometimes. Like we got a few messages that took up like three or four different DMs. So for questions like that, I just felt like they needed a little bit more like extra, like extra attention because there's a lot that goes into these. And so we have two questions today and I thought it would be good for Becca and I to talk about them together. Um, Yes. So let's dive in. Okay. Okay. Remember, these are long questions. Take long a sip of water, so, buckle yeah. in. Have, here. Some, have some coffee. Yeah. Okay. Settle on down, friends. So the first question is, what do you do when your boyfriend's friends hate you? My boyfriend and I have been dating four months now after being broken up for a year, but we dated for over a year before that. Two of his friends really don't like me to the point where they ask him not to bring me over if he's hanging out with them and they won't come over to his apartment if I'm there. I haven't given them any reason to dislike me. I try to be super nice and invite them over for dinner and drinks, but that hasn't worked. For a while, I played into the cool, I don't care mentality, but yesterday I cracked when he told me his friends invited him over again, but asked him not to bring me. I don't want this to break us apart, but at the same time, I'm like, be a man. Tell tell him to take a hike if you love me and they don't. I think part of it is that I don't meet their standards for the type of girl he should date. They all went to Ivy League schools and make a lot of money. Meanwhile, I studied fashion and don't make a lot of money. Ugh. So first of all, I'm so sorry. It's absolutely the worst when your boyfriend's friends don't like you. I have a lot of experience here because um, in my last serious relationship, I went through something very similar. I had um, 
a lot of my ex-boyfriend's friends just didn't like me. And I had to hear about it from him. And also, like, things happened. Like, I remember on my Facebook wall, one of them went in and wrote, he told, on my Facebook wall, so anyone could see this. Yeah. He wrote, you're fat. <gasps> we all hate you. And what? you're such a mess. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was like, so we were in that our 30s beyond, when this happened. That goes beyond just, it was like, like, not harassment. liking you. Yeah, it was that's... bullying. I was cyberbullied by a 30, he was probably like 34, I don't know. Oh, my God. 30-something-year-old man. Yeah. Oh, my God. And another one, um, his wife refused to go on vacation with us, I guess, if I was going. Mm-hmm. Um, I woke up, like, I was asleep on the couch, and I overheard my ex talking to his friend, and his friend was like, well, I'm sorry, like, we can't go on the trip because not redacting the name, um, said she didn't want anything, want to go if, if you were going to be there. Wow. So I have a lot of experience with this. And I will just say that this has never happened to me. Like anyone I've ever dated, like I've always been a part of the group. People like me. And that ex had kind of like two groups of friends. And I'm still friends with the other group. Like they all, we got along great. Like that's like Stanley and that mm-hmm. crew. Um, and the other crew just like – didn't like me I mean I really tried like I just I I wasn't up to standards I think you know I worked a lot I think I don't think that he defended me I think and so this is kind of this is like some hard advice to give but I think that this actually reflects a lot on your boyfriend I I agree with that that you need to really have a, a serious kind of conversation with him because if his friends don't like you there is a reason usually, and it's not just they just don't like you. Like, if is he complaining about you? You had this breakup. Like, what happened during that? Like, that that is what I was wondering. Yeah, I, I kind of just I wonder what he's saying because so my boyfriend didn't defend me, and that was like a really big issue. Um, he didn't really have my back with this stuff, and I also think he was probably complaining to them and saying he wasn't happy. We ended up breaking up, so you you know you find out things later. So I don't think it was just, like, the case of, like, these evil friends. Like, I mean, the one that wrote on my Facebook wall was pretty evil. And I think it was pretty rude that that woman wouldn't go on vacation if I was going to be there. <laughs> like, I'm not that I'm not that bad. Um, You're not bad at all. I mean, like, I didn't, I, I, I didn't deserve it. You definitely don't deserve this. But I would really, I think you have to have a serious talk with him and find out what exactly they don't like about you. Like, get him in a point where he can just be really honest and talk to you about this. And, you know, what about maybe something in your history, like, is upsetting his friends? I would just try and find out more information. Yeah, I I think that's all really great advice. I have not dealt with this situation personally. But to go off of what Grace was saying, I'm kind of wondering what was happening when you were broken up for that year where maybe he was blowing off steam and complaining about the reasons that you broke up or things that happened during the first part of your relationship. And obviously you both have patched that up. So I think he needs to communicate that to his friends. Exactly. That, you know, if he can get over it and it is something that he's in the relationship, it affected him directly. They need to get over it. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's not your battle to fight with his friends. That's only going to make it worse. But I think, you know, it doesn't actually say if you've told your boyfriend that it bothers you. Yeah. Um, and also telling him, not just telling him that it bothers you that they don't like you, but also telling him, and this is hard to do, that it bothers you that he's not standing up for you. Yeah. 
I think, you know, I don't know if he knows why they don't like you, but maybe he could give you some more color. Um, or maybe he could have a, a talk with them where yeah. ultimately I think it's fine if he has friends that he hangs out with and has guy time, but if it's affecting your life where they're going and doing group things and, and you are not invited, like they don't want you to go on vacation with them, like Grace was saying, um, you know, I wonder, I don't know. I, I guess I wonder if he could kind of compartmentalize it sort of where it's like, maybe these are his buddies that he watches football with on Sunday and you can just be like, cool, yeah. I don't have to deal with them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously you can't ask him to give up his friendships. Like, I think that's a really tough spot to be in. So I think having the conversation with him to figure out how you can best deal with it. Because I, I'm sure yeah. the friction also affects him, you know? Yeah. And I would say also, like, make it with him, like, more about problem solving. Like, hey, like, this really bothers me and I can tell it bothers you too. Like, let's talk about this and figure out, like, how we can, you know, fix it and patch yeah. things up with your friends because they, like, I want to be in their lives. Like, you're important mm-hmm. to me, so your friends are important to me. I really wonder, I I wish I could ask this person more follow-up questions. I wonder if these friends have girlfriends. Like, do you That's think the that they're thing. jealous and that they they're single and it's taking away from their like buddy time I thought about that because one of that was part of the situation with mine was Mm -hmm. like and it wasn't necessarily that they were even single it was that um for so long my ex was kind of responsible for everyone's like good times like he had the big apartment and like the party house and stuff and then I moved in and was like I have to be at work at nine like we cannot have people over till four in the morning on a Tuesday like yeah. We're in our 30s. Like, we can't do Well, I mean, this. that's that seems that to me difficult. fairly reasonable. Well, it, I thought I was reasonable, but apparently not. So this is bringing back some old feelings. Yeah. I, didn't even, I haven't thought of it. This was, like, five years ago. I haven't even... Ugh, bad. Um, but where were we? Sorry, I just totally... Well, you're talking about if it was maybe because his friends are single. Yeah. I think that that's, like, a big cause of, of tension a lot of times, and... They feel like they're being abandoned by. Yeah. And so I would also make sure that he, like, gets lots of guy time. Like, if you're pulling him away constantly, like, I wonder, like, that might just be causing some bitterness and resentment. I wonder, too, if there are other friends that he has that you can build relationships with. So it sounds like the problem is specifically with two guys. I wonder if he has any other friends that are in relationships where, like, is there somebody that he's less good friends with where you guys can strike up like a double dating situation and like go out to dinner and like you can build relationships with other people in his friend group? I like that. That's kind of what I did. I um, I was like, well, let's hang out with these people who do like me. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, like nobody wants like, to. Const- <laughs> these people don't have a problem with me. Yeah. Like nobody wants to constantly like yeah. try to please people who hate them. Yeah. Um, oof. I I'm I feel so awful. I read this question and I was like, we have to talk about this on the podcast because like it was too long of a thing to reply to over DMs. Yeah, but it's the worst. I don't know if we helped her. Do you think? We- I I hope we were helpful. I would say, the other thing is I really do think a big part of growing up is realizing that there are people who just don't like you and like being okay with it like there are plenty I've always been such a people pleaser and just like want everyone to be happy and like get along and like me and there are plenty of people out there who do not like me 
that's fine but when it's your boyfriend's closest friends like I think that's really hard like yeah no eventually like if we assume that this relationship keeps going it is on a track that like you're going to be together forever you're going to get married like yeah it's not a great situation to just be like I don't care that my boyfriend's two best friends just like yeah so it's I really do going back to what you said I really do think it comes down to him where it's like this is this is his problem like yeah if his girlfriend and his two best friends don't get along like he he needs to man up and like figure out a way to smooth things over like make it work yeah and I think that she can kind of approach this from like a troubleshooting approach like don't get overly defensive and like scream at him that they don't like you also Sorry, I just interrupted you. No, it's okay. The other thing I would say is don't let this fester. Yes. Because you've only been together for four months on this, like, second time around. And I feel like if you sit on this and, like, you don't say anything and just, like, let it go for another six months, then he's going to be like, why are you bringing this up all of a sudden? Like, why is this a big deal now? So I feel like it sounds like it's been going on. Like, I would say the sooner the better to address it so that it doesn't feel like why is this happening all of a sudden? I completely agree. So hopefully we are helpful. Also, if you have more details or answers to some of our questions, like get back in touch with us. Yeah, I can ask her. Yeah, I would love to know. Yeah. So our next one is in a different vein. And so we get asked about this topic all the time. Like anytime we ask for questions, this comes up. Like it's a constant thing. And we talked about it a little bit in one of our Q&As. In an earlier episode. Yeah. 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 So this one's about friend breakups. And we'll read you the whole question. It's a a doozy of a question. It's a a long one. But oh my gosh, I have been overwhelmed since starting this podcast with how many people have asked questions or requested that we address topics around breaking up with friends. Yeah. I guess, you know, it makes sense because it's, it's like so traumatic. It is. It's a friend breakup is like just as hard, if not harder than a romantic breakup, I think. Yeah. Because usually, well, not always, but like you're friends with a friend much longer than you're in a relationship. Like I've yeah. known some of my best friends for like 15 years. Yeah. Anyway, let's read the question and then we okay. can talk about it. So, guys, this is a long one. So, seriously, like, get a mug of coffee, get comfortable, get ready. So, this person wrote, How do you break up or pull away from a friendship that no longer serves you, that drains you more than it energizes you, or just feels plain one-sided due to a lack of interest or narcissism on your friend's part? My particular friend and I are in different life stages. She is married with a house in the suburbs. She's a stay-at-home mom with two kids. And I'm in a one-bedroom apartment with my fiancé, working a full-time job. I feel very disconnected from her, not only because of the distance, but also because mommyhood has consumed her life, and she has really dropped the ball on showing interest in my life, or any anyone's, devoid of children. To add insult to injury, she and her husband have an extreme sense of entitlement and are expect and expect to be showered with gifts and attention for every milestone in their lives, yet fail to reciprocate in your happy time, whether you've received a promotion or just accomplished a personal goal. This is especially challenging when you do share such a rich history and have so many memories and feel sad and nostalgic for what you once shared, but truthfully, the only thing keeping you connected is the past and the hope that the person you once felt so connected to will resurface again. We haven't seen each other in over a year. This is not entirely by coincidence as I dread being in her presence, 
feeling like I have to ogle over her life. It's gotten to the point where I've had to mute and unfollow her on social media because her posts are so over-the-top cringeworthy and I can no longer relate to her seemingly perfect life. This is someone who used to share the ups and downs and dark realities of life, of which she has had many, and our friendship was stronger for supporting each other through the times and suffering. And I no longer feel comfortable confiding in her as she is the last person I would turn to in a time of need. I'm sure she would agree that things are not what they once were, but I'm not sure she would be amenable to talking about this. I attempted to share my feelings once last year, and she went on the defensive. I feel like I've hit a wall, and I don't know whether to just cut it all off or accept that this is the new normal and keep her as an acquaintance out of respect for the almost two decades together that we shared. And this is just also, so along these lines, we also got a lot of questions about what to do when a friend is not putting in the same amount of effort that you're putting into the Mm -hmm. relationship. I think that this is really, really hard, but I also think that this is kind of normal. It's totally normal. I feel like it's natural that kind of friends take different forks in the road in their lives and that especially as we're adults, we can't expect everyone to be in the exact same life stage with us. And it's interesting because I know so many of my best friends I met in college where, you know, we like lived in dorms and we were all taking classes like our lives were so similar and in adulthood that's just not the reality that you can't expect everyone to like be doing the exact same thing and and being in the exact same place as you so I think it's kind of normal in that way that you and your friends diverge that said it doesn't sound like she's putting in the right amount of work to maintain your friendship so I mean that's a whole different ball game yeah I mean, I think one thing that I would say is that, you know, it sounds like she had children fairly recently. Yeah. And I think that that's a huge life transition, getting adjusted to motherhood. I know from seeing my friends who have had children, like, you you are obsessed with it because you're responsible for the care of this human being who is fully reliant on you. and in a lot of cases, isn't sleeping and is like... Takes over your whole life. Takes over your whole life. So, I mean, one thing I would say is maybe this is a season in your relationship where she's less of a good friend to you and hopefully as she adjusts to motherhood, she's ready to start taking time for herself again. So maybe that's one thing or one point for the case to like wait it out a little bit and see if, you know, as her child gets a little bit older and you know, gets into like preschool years where, you know, maybe her full day isn't fully consumed by this. Maybe, maybe you can kind of mend your friendship a little bit. Um, but I guess, you know, in the meantime, like, I wonder if there are other friendships that you can invest in, in your life, in your life. Like, I'm not saying just like wait by the phone and, you know, for years while your friend gets her life together. Um, but I, I feel like this is like, this is such a hard question because I do feel like it's natural that your friend started a family and moved to the suburbs and, you know, is in her bubble mm-hmm. and you're in a different place. Um, but I just, I really wonder if there's a way that you can figure out a way to be friends. And I'm also thinking about this from my own point of view because I'm the friend that's still in the city and, you know, is single and has a full-time job. And, you know, I wouldn't want to have to, 
let go of any of my friends just because they get married and have kids. So I don't want to tell you to cut it off with your friend because I don't want to like think about that in my own friendships. I also don't think that I think when we talked about this a little bit in that episode that we talked about the first time with a friend breakup, I don't think it needs to be this dramatic thing where you cut it off. I think that a lot of friendships kind of ebb and flow and it sounds like right now you need a lot of distance from her and you know if there's another celebration or something that you just don't want to go to because she hasn't been a good friend it is fine to just you know tell her you're busy and you can't go to it I don't think you need to have like this whole like sit down and tell her that she's narcissistic and doing all these things wrong I think that you can just kind of let it go a little bit yeah because you can't take that back yeah, I'm I, I I like hate confrontation and I have a few friends who have confronted me about things and like I'm still I still am traumatized just thinking about it. I'm more of a just like, okay, we're gonna just put some distance here. I wonder too if you could invite her into your city for like a girl's night or a girl's day or something and get her away from her children and onto your playing field like I wonder if taking her out of that situation like in your example you know she's not excited about your happy times like I don't know how recently you got engaged but like come into the city and let's celebrate my engagement and you know let's go out to dinner and drinks and like have a fun girls night yeah maybe maybe you can get her on your turf and kind of take her out of her day-to-day where, you know, she has a, a crying child, like, throwing up on her. Yeah, and maybe I love that. that's a better time to reclaim your friendship. Yeah, I mean, I have this one friend, and you know her. She has two little boys. Mm-hmm. She also has, like, a very demanding job, and she lives on the Upper East Side. So it's pretty much I've accepted that I have to be the one who makes the plan, and mm-hmm. I don't mind. Like, at first, like, when it this kind of started, like, Basically, it starts when they have the second child. Um, I was a little bit annoyed by it. I was like, oh, I always have to be the one that makes the plan. But at the same time, like, I realized, like, she is just so busy. Like, yeah. And one of the reasons I always have a birthday party, even though I just turned 37, is, like, it's an excuse to get everyone will come to your birthday, right? Like, so throwing a little celebration for yourself See if she comes. You know what I mean? Yeah. If she, I mean, she might have a very good excuse for why she can't. But I really think that if you kind of have some occasion to celebrate yourself um, and make it known that it's important to you, she'll be there. I hope so. And if she's not, then to Grace's point earlier, maybe you just let Let the distance. distance. Yeah. Don't don't be the one that makes the plan. Like, it sounds like she's completely wrapped up in her own life. So it doesn't even seem like... She's pestering you to talk or anything. Yeah. I would just, you know, hang out with other friends. Let let there be a little distance in there. Because I think if you go down the road of having that extreme breakup, there's the door isn't open for later once Mm-mm. her kids start to get older or maybe once you have kids to, yeah. to mend the relationship. Because, like, you can't unsay things. So totally not agree. to say that you should sweep it under the rug, but, like, I don't know that you should, like, formally break up with her in a way that you can't take back. Because it does sound like you value this friendship. It doesn't sound like she's, you know, toxic where she's not supporting your life choices. She's kind of just, like, off the grid. You know? It's not like she's, like, being judgmental and being, like... Yeah. It seems like she's just really wrapped up in her own life. Yeah. And not being a good friend. Yeah. 
which that's that sucks it's like neglect not anything that's like actively yeah and that I don't know how many kids this person has but I'll just tell you like in every relationship I have my younger sister I have several really good friends once they have the second kid I I mean I'm not a parent so I don't know how hard it is but it looks really fucking hard yeah so I hope that helps let us know what you decide to do yeah but overall, when when a friend isn't putting in the same amount of effort as you are, you could have a talk if you wanted to. I'm not really a confrontational person. I would recommend just pulling back the amount of um, energy you're putting in. Invest that energy in other friendships and, like, see what happens. Yeah. It sounds like you already tried to talk about her, talk to her, and it didn't go well. So, you know, I'd, maybe I'd make an effort to invite her to a birthday party or to hang out with you on your turf and see how it goes. And if not, like maybe just let it simmer for a while. Yeah. Let us know what you decide to do. Yeah. Keep us posted. So, so with that, do you know what time it is? What time is it? It's 514. No, I'm kidding. It's desperation minute. (laughs) It is 514 though. It is. It's desperation time. So, guys, if you like this podcast, we would love, 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 love if you could leave us a review in iTunes. You can actually go into the podcast app right now and leave us five stars. Maybe write something nice. Please write a review. I like when I people love write reviews. something. And reviews have kind of dropped off a little bit over the – because probably most of you have. But we have over 2,000 of you in following us on Instagram and we don't have 2,000 reviews yeah that's true so some of you are slacking yeah some of you are slacking stop what you're doing yeah I love reading our reviews I love it they're so much fun to read and also if you've left a review tell a friend or put us on your Instagram story tell everyone they should be listening to bad on paper and most of all not most of all second to leaving us a review Join us on social media. Yeah. Our Facebook group is really fun. It's my favorite place. Just search Bad on Paper and join the group on Facebook or follow us at Bad on Paper Podcast on Instagram. Yes. And we announced the books early there. So yeah, if you want to get a head start on what's coming up on reading. Yeah. And we do little giveaways from time to time. So free stuff and early news. Get involved. And fun book friends. Yes. Fun book friends are the best. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about obsessions. I was furious at you. I really thought that I was going to discover this because Grace is like, you know, she's like always looking for new things for her blog and like, especially (laughs) with like fashion and beauty, like always knows things first. And I discovered this podcast and I thought that I was going to be able to introduce her to it, but she found out about it before we had... Well, I was Before reading the right show now. notes, and I'm like, damn it, because I was like, I have a great obsession to share, and it's uh, already in there. So we are both obsessed with this podcast. Okay, so it's called Last Scene. It's by the Boston Globe and WBUR, and it's all about the art heist at the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum in Boston in 1990. It's so good. Which is the largest art heist in history. Largest unsolved art heist. Well, I think it's the largest art heist at all, but it's also still unsolved 28 years later. Yeah. And the value of the art that was stolen is at half a billion dollars, which is insane. Yeah. It's insane. It is fascinating. It's so fascinating. Like, these guys robbed, or, or these people, they could be women, robbed 
a the museum by pretending to be police officers. Yeah. It's fascinating. They go into a lot of firsthand interviews with like people who worked on the case or somehow involved with the case. It's fascinating. I'm not really into true crime because I don't like murdery things, but I think this is my version of true crime. Like, Yeah, and I only like really listen to podcasts because they're like guilty pleasures, like to hear people talk like mm-hmm. us, or um, news related, like Pod Save America, mm-hmm. or um, my other obsession, Hysteria. I'm, oh my god, I can't get enough of this. Ooh. I'm, I can't, well, I mean, I guess I know what's going to happen. They don't yeah. know the... We don't, we know we don't the know outcome, who did it, but, but, like, ugh, it is fascinating. There was a new episode today. Did you listen? Only half. Uh, me too. I'm halfway through. Oh, I'll my God. We're to way too insane. On, on the way back. Yeah. What else are you obsessed with, since we have the same obsession? I know. We both picked two because we were, we didn't want to be boring and obsessed with the same thing. Um, I'm obsessed with the brand Whistles. Mm. Do you ever shop I from love them? Whistles. Love you can them. get Whistles on ASOS. So Whistles is a British brand, and at least in New York, they are sold at Bloomingdale's. Oh, you had a big Bloomingdale's day. Yeah, so on Friday, I went to Bloomingdale's, and I got three new dresses, all from Whistles, and I'm just obsessed with them. I just really like everything from that brand. Yeah. So. I like Whistles a lot. Yeah. Tell me what else you're obsessed with. So I talked about it earlier for a second. It's that new Netflix series, Maniac. Okay. So all of the episodes are only like half an hour, which I love. um, Mm -hmm. Because it's like a good like pre-bedtime. Just like need something quick to wind down with. But don't want to like invest an hour. So it has Emma Stone and Jonah Hill in it. And it's super, super weird. Um, They're both depressed. And they're like doing this kind of drug trial. And it reminds me a little bit of eternal sunshine of the spotless mind if you remember that um the one with jim carrey and kate Mm -hmm. winslet all those years ago but it also like reminds me a little bit of stranger things like the whole like experimentation angle and the weird computer and the music um but it also reminds me it's like a little bit sci-fi like there's so many things it reminds me of um Mm. And I've never seen Jonah Hill or Emma Stone in a role like this. Um, It's good. Okay. It's a fun one. Okay. Yeah. I'm also just happy to have a show to watch because, like, there really isn't a lot going on on TV right now. Are you watching The Good Place? No, I need to. It's my DVR. That's my number one recommendation for everyone. Yeah, that's true. What about on Instagram? Oh, my God. I have a good one. So my obsession right now is look up the stars Astro. And Ilana posted this, our friend Ilana. I've been seeing these everywhere, and I am bitter about this. But tell people what it is first, then I can so tell you So it's bitter. like all these pie charts about your astrological sign. Like it'll be like things that Libra spends money on, ways that Libra spends her day. And the, Lib- the one of like how a Libra spends her day is so dead on. It's like, it's like being ambivalent about romantic partners because – She's lonely, but she isn't sure if someone is the right person because Libras are very indecisive. Then it's like gossiping, but pretending to be balanced and not gossip and saying that she's not gossiping. Like it's just like so spot on. I just like laughed. I like laugh and laugh and laugh. And I get really excited when my horoscope comes up, but I also love reading other people's because some of them are just so true. So I love these. It's all, it's like pie charts. Yeah. Of. It's so good. Yeah. Of like different signs, behaviors. And it makes, so I'm a Virgo, 
but I'm on the cusp of like being a Leo. Okay. And there's some things that I have from each one, but I don't think either one accurately I'm, I'm describes on the cusp, me. I'm a Libra on the cusp of Virgo, so I identify right. a lot with the Virgo stuff. So with some of the Virgo ones, though, I was like, no, this isn't me. Like there's certain type A qualities yeah. about like... You're not a true Virgo. No. And so it, it really frustrates me because I like... Every, all of my friends are sharing them. They're like, this is so me. And I'm like, I want a pie chart that's so me. Yeah. So I feel astrologically in the wind. Yeah. I've been looking at both Virgo and Libra for me mm-hmm. and being like, yeah, that's me. That's me. But it's kind of a blend. Yeah. 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 Okay. What about books? Oh, wait. No, what wait, are I'm you? going to tell you mine. What is your obsession? You actually have one this, this week. Shut up. So <laughs> I certainly didn't discover this. But... Do you follow The Rock on Instagram? No, I think he's so annoying. Okay. Well, I'm like the only person in the world that doesn't like The Rock. I think The Rock is great. But my friend Rachel was staying with me, I don't know, like six months ago. And she was like scrolling through her Instagram. And she's like, do you follow The Rock on Instagram? And I was like, no, why would I follow The Rock on Instagram? Like, you loser. And here I am recommending it. The Rock is such a great father. Really? The photos that he posts of him with his daughters, like, make my heart actually melt. Oh, he is just I'm gonna look him such up right a good dad. It, like, really gives me hope for men in the world. Really? Yeah. I just think he's so annoying. Because I certainly don't really care about most of The Rock's movies. But, like, oh, he had this post last week of, it was, like, a conversation that he had with his, like, two- or three-year-old daughter. And she was like, bye, daddy's, or he was like, bye, daddy's got to go to work. And she's like, no, daddy's got to have his nails painted. And he's like, no, no, like, daddy's going to be late. Daddy has to go to work. And she's like, no, daddy's got to have his nails painted. And then the photo is, like, him getting his nails painted. (laughs) Oh, my God. Wait, this is a feed post or his story? It was a feed post. Oh, I'm here. I'm I'm on it. Oh, my gosh. He's just such a good dad. Me, come here, baby. Give daddy a kiss. I got to go to work. Jazzy. But daddy, you need your nail. Oh, my God. I'm just repeating you. But this is cute. I don't like him. I think his movies are annoying. But I like I like him as a father now. It's heartwarming what a good dad he is. Okay. Okay. On to reading. On to reading. Okay. What are you reading right now, Becca? So last week on Thursday, I started reading The President is Missing by James Patterson and Bill Clinton. So it's a political thriller that is absolutely not in my wheelhouse, but... I saw that Bill Clinton wrote this book with James Patterson, and I was like, oh, I'm kind of interested. That is so interesting. Yeah, I was just, like, curious, if anything. So I started the book. I read the entire book in less than 24 hours. I literally put off all of my work to be able to read this book. Did you read this on Kindle or hard copy? Kindle. Oh, I was going to say, give it to me. No, I read it. Um, it actually was something that I got from the library. Oh. Um... But anyway, oh my god, it was so fast-paced and addictive. Okay. If you want to get sucked into a book hole, I would highly recommend this. I'm coming, I'm saying... It's just such a random choice. It's so random, and I'm coming at this as somebody who, this is not my genre, so I really enjoyed it. So, like, if you're thinking about it, I'd say it's worthwhile. Okay. What about you? I am reading a book that literally... All of you guys, or at least the Stripe readers, I kind of lump you all together. Everyone has been telling me to read this. It's called What I Was Doing While You Were Breeding. Have you read this? I have read this, and I did not love it. I don't love it. Um, 
everyone is like raving about this and it's just it's i'm about halfway through it's this woman she's a tv writer and she um has this fascinating life she travels all over the world and goes on these big trips um but it's kind of just like uh, oh instead of I don't know. I would have liked to hear about someone, like, more about her career, I think, and, like, all the things she accomplished versus, like, all of her one-night stands and, and, like, lovers that she took on these different trips. I just felt like she was pretty complainy. I don't know. That, too. I did not love I don't the love person her. who wrote it. Yeah. I, like, not looked that her I up because I want to know, know more about her. Um, through the book, I just mean, I just, I didn't love her, but I have friends who love this book too. Yeah. Cause it's about like a woman about it. in her thirties who is leading like a pretty non-conventional life where instead of like getting married and having mm-hmm. kids and settling down and moving to the suburbs, she's like traveling the world and having these flings. So it's interest. It's an interesting memoir, but I just, I didn't connect with the main character. I agree. If you are looking for a good book, though, Mm. you should read our book for next week, which is a book that I cannot stop recommending to literally everyone. We love this book. It's going to be a weird episode because we both like the book so much. Oh my god, we're not going to fight. Oh my gosh, no, we've got a lot to say. So the book is called Charlotte Walsh Likes to Win. It is by Joe Piazza. It is a book about a woman who is a high-power tech executive who quits her job and moves to her home state of Pennsylvania to run for Senate. And it's a fascinating book about what it takes for women to run for office and, you know, what it looks like for women trying to, quote-unquote, have it all. Mm -hmm. Um, And just, you know, the state of women in politics today. Yeah. And it's, we already love this author. She wrote The Knockoff. She wrote Fitness Junkie. Like, a lot yep. of more, like, lighthearted type of books. Yep. And this kind of felt like that because it was still – it was light and it was really easy to yes. read. But it was also about something more serious. Yeah. I think it struck the right it was balance the perfect to me balance. of, like, light but important. Yes. And I, I keep recommending this to every woman I, mm-hmm. I talk to. It's a really good one. So we can't wait to talk about it next week. Okay. In the meantime – Follow us on Instagram. Oh, I'm yeah. at Grace Atwood, um, and my blog is thestripe.com. And I'm at Becca M. Freeman. Yeah, so we'll talk to you guys next week. See you on the internet. Bye. Bye. Bye.